It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chairman Mao. Jamie Howe. Ho Chi Minh. Asif Din. Vaslav Havel. Graham Savel. No Surrender. Percy Fender. Good morning, good afternoon, good dawn and good dusk, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Gorilla Cricket and welcome to our World Cup podcast, long awaited, I'm sure, by all of you out there. I'm Gorilla Hendo, Nigel Henderson, and I am joined by people from round the world. Two alongside me in the studio here, I have Nakul Pandey. Hello, Hendo. Hello, Cricket. And on my left, all the way from Kiwiland, it's Jim Birchall. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. And we have our friends at Crick Tracker out there in Bangalore. It's Anka- Ankit. How are you, Ankit? I am great. How are you guys? We... Hope everyone listening is also doing great. We are doing well. And Umpo, who has, uh, has come through these doors on occasion, but he's back out in Joburg. He's going to be leading the uh, Guerrilla Cricket South Africa coverage as well. How are you doing, Umpo? I'm okay in yourself. I'm sure everyone's yeah. doing well. Well, I've been ill. Everyone knows I've been ill. I like to, I like to lay it on a little bit, hopefully get a bit of sympathy. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about with, uh, with you guys is um, kits, World Cup kits. Do we need new kits every time we have a World Cup? Um, I'm particularly concerned, if I can come to you first, Mpo, um, with the number of teams wearing green. And on the basis that there are um, South Asian teams wearing green, uh, don't you think that the uh, South Africans could be a little bit more original? Maybe a bit of yellow and black and maybe, I don't know, a little bit of red in there? <laughs> no, no, no. We are also green and gold and we do have a change strip. Um, it was a yellow one and we used it at the Champions Trip for the last time uh, we had a tournament in England. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that change strip will be used again. It's normally our T20 kit, but we'll just have to see, especially when you play Pakistan and Bangladesh, as to who the home side is. Um, does this does this bother you, Ankit? The the fact that we have teams, you know, more or less in the same colours. We've now got England wearing what I think is an absolutely ghastly uh, pale blue. I can only imagine it's to sort of uh, yeah. to uh, bring in the spirit of Manchester City or something like that. Um, what what do you feel about when you see teams playing in much the same colours? What might we just all play in whites again? Uh, firstly, I'm not really happy with how the England jersey looks like. They've had a really good one before this. Even if they went into the tournament with that, would have looked really nice. Uh, coming to the point where they're wearing home and away jerseys, uh, India, there's a lot of speculation around what India might wear. Uh, there, there are like people actually making photoshopped images since it is uh, predominantly expected to be with a shade of orange. Oh. So there are a lot of people... Yeah. A lot of people making photoshopped images and expecting how it look like. But uh, what I hear from the uh, sources is that they will not reveal it and it will directly go. Like whenever they play the first away match, that yeah. is when the jersey will come out. Oh, right. So it's, it's, it's all under wraps. It's being kept very secretive. Yeah. 
Oh, that's really yeah. interesting. Well, we were we were looking about um, back over some um, uh, Wikipedia facts. Uh, Nackle, we were we were talking about why didn't India play in another colour? We looked at the notion of orange because there is orange in the flag, but uh, yeah. there, there's reasoning behind it, Nackle. Yeah, the um, the saffron uh, in the in the Indian tricolour flag has uh, connotations with. Uh, Hinduism and particularly Hindu nationalism and so has been um, politically sensitive for a long time and is even more so with recent political developments in, in India. So it's, it's interesting, Ankit, that, that uh, they're actually now considering uh, orange as a predominant colour on a World Cup kit. Yeah, so the, there's no uh, like exact information on this, but it is expected that uh, there's like this is really speculative, but it might be due to the political scene in India right now, but very speculative. Uh, if you notice, there's also the on the jersey that they are wearing in the home games, India is always written in saffron. So that might become the predominant color and you would see shades of blue or somewhere green. Not really sure about that. Okay, that'll be interesting to see. Let's come to Jim, of course, the All Blacks. I mean, is that couldn't you find something a bit more original? How about some, some old beige from the 80s? That would be, that would be quite nice. Yeah, it? but I think it's been, been, um, been done. We you don't know, want another beige brigade. I we suppose. don't want another one. I mean, there is the beige brigade, and that's the uh, for those who don't know the New Zealand supporters. They they dress up in beige and everything. It's getting a little bit tired, in my opinion. Um, but the black and white, you know, much like the team, um, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> they blow hot and cold, and is they, it, they're hot and cold. Yeah, but you know, nice sort of solid, consistent colours. And um, I know you find the white colour quite fetching well, as well, don't you? Well, I know no, no, Knuckle was uh, like, oh. like the look of that. It looks a bit like David Steele with his enormous... You remember the oh. England pol English politician with his enormous, um, enormous white um, parts of his tripey shirts? It does look like an old-school rugby shirt. Yeah, um, there's that as well. It's very. It's interesting talking about the New Zealand oh, kids. Uh, sorry, we didn't quite catch that. Okay, there's some uh, sorry, some background noise uh, in uh, in Bangalore. It's probably a traffic jam developing outside the office, knowing Bangalore. Uh, the, the the World Cup 2015, the World Cup 2011 kit was all very businesslike and very McCullum, very sort of up and atom, lots of electric blue. It was a great kit. This is very Kane Williamson. It's very stylish, very underrated. He somehow manages to look as though the kit is too big for him in the, all the promo shots. He's just kind of standing there watching everyone else be all alpha. Very stoic, wasn't it? He was. Um, we couldn't compete with Coley's man-spreading, could he? Or Faf's. <laughs> yeah, or Faf's. Yeah, Faf's, you know, he had a big watermelon between his legs by the looks of things. So We won't go there. We won't uh, go there. Maybe not, maybe not. Now, um, so we are going to have some change kits in this, in this tournament, so that'll be a little bit more interesting, I, I, I guess. And especially now that we know that this uh, this uh, shirt is being kept under wraps it's going to be a great revealing isn't it india play their first game against south africa isn't it on the uh, on the 5th of june i think it is well let's move on let's move on from talking about kits uh, who's going to win the bloody thing guys who's going to win this um, is it really just down to the big 3 of england india and uh, australia or are there some outsiders that you think have got a really good chance this time um, tell us ankit what's the expectation in india i imagine um, with our experience of indian fans is you just expected yeah. to win it full stop. So, uh, to be honest, in, in India, everybody would expect India to win. Uh, and if you consider the conditions that were expected to be rolled out with flat pitches, the big three were supposed to dominate. But as far as the uh, warm-up matches have been considered, like there's rain, there's some grass on the wickets, though this might not be the real wickets that we get for the tournament. But still, the bowlers will have some role to play. And in that kind of a scenario, uh, other teams also come into picture. Uh, maybe West Indies on their day. They are doing really well today. And the way their openers have been firing, I would definitely keep them uh, among one of my foes for the semi-finals. I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, it's nice to see Evan Lewis back in the uh, top of the West Indies team. Yeah. Uh, let me come to Mpo about this. I mean, we saw uh, that he was down to play in the, in the IPL, but barely got a chance, did he? With uh, mm -hmm. the, Was it with Mumbai that he was, he was with? Right. Um, and uh, Rohit Sharma did a lot of opening. We didn't see Evan Lewis until right at the end of the IPL. Mpo, uh, do you think that the West Indies are in with a good shout this time? I actually don't think so. Um, I think this is not the best 15 that they could have put out um, going to the World Cup. We know all the troubles that the West Indians have had. Um, I just feel as though in a shortened match with all the rain around, West Indies will always be in with a chance mm. um, because that's the nature of their game. That's how their game is set up. Um, a couple of early wickets could always derail a run chase or even a, a, a target set. Um, but, you know, today they're holding on really nicely. 
But if you look at it, um, I, I, I think that they might be caused a lot of problems with um, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, and to a certain extent, Pakistan, as they do. I don't think they will be able to play spin quite well here on these conditions. But we'll just have to wait and see how they go. You never know what the West Indies actually. Yeah, I'm wondering, um, Jim, do you think that perhaps the West Indies will have more of a chance when they're playing against maybe the bigger nations, when they're not expected to do so well, than when they do play against these these lesser, if you want to call them lesser, unfancied nations? I think he's right about um, the start. You know, what kind of start they're going to get from the universe boss, whether he comes off or not. Um, I suspect he'll come off more often than uh, than he then he fails. Um, they're a dark horse, though. Always the West Indies, no pun intended. Um, yeah, you know, shortened game. The weather's been a little bit moody since I've got to the UK, but that's the UK, isn't it? So, you know, there is possibility that Duckworth and Lewis are going to come into play. And um, Stern. And oh, is there a third guy now? Yeah, yeah he's involved as well. I should know that as not a... Stain, Stern, definitely Stern, not Stain. <laughs> oh, I like the idea that okay. Stain could actually have it. <laughs> Dale Stain could decide how many runs were required. By... Racking his brains while they're on his surfboard. <laughs> I tell you how we was required in the last World Cup. We only needed sort of three, didn't we? And then Grant Elliott smacked it out of the ground. I, so I was at that game, uh, Eden Park. What okay. a fabulous game of cricket yep. that was. Yep. I wasn't. I was actually in the pub. To be fair, I didn't uh, quite make it. You didn't make. Well, it's I, understandable. I intended to make it, but then I sort of I regretted it ever since. <laughs> well, let's talk about um, teams that might have been unfancied. Let's um, uh, we can come to an ankit again. Um, what do you think of the chances of Bangladesh? I, I've seen that a lot of people are seeing them as their outside bet, and they have had uh, a pretty good time. They took India uh, to a very tight final in the Asia Cup. Um, what's the feeling over there about Bangladesh? Uh, so, Bangladesh is again one of those Asian teams who would want the wicket to uh, be a little slow. If uh, their bowlers can come into the picture, that's when that is a very dangerous team. Uh, if you consider uh, their chances against, say, a team like India, when they are playing on a wicket that again helps the bowlers, again the Indian spillers will come into the picture. For Bangladesh, their best bet would be playing, say, West Indies or Afghanistan, even Pakistan and Sri Lanka for that matter on surfaces where their batsmen can put up the runs and uh, then the bowlers come into the picture in that chase. I mean, the the makeup of the, uh, the Sri Lankan team is such that I think pretty much anyone in any conditions would fancy their chances uh, against them. As far as Bangladesh goes, I mean, they've got an incredibly experienced batting uh, line. I mean, uh, Tamim Mikbal, Mushfikur, Momodullah, Shakib, yes. um, and huge experience with Mushrafe, who I think is an incredibly uh, impressive leader. Mushrafe, Mushfikur, Tamim and Shakib have all been playing since the 2007 World Cup. I look at them and I see a, a batting lineup that can score 320. I don't see a bowling lineup that can defend 320 uh, or restrict teams particularly. I think they, uh, Bangladesh are very going to be very reliant on Shakib with the ball. Mehdi Hassan has not had the success in white ball cricket that he's had in in, in red ball cricket. It's good to see Mustafa Fizur. Uh, back on form, uh, and I think they do have a, a reasonably decent pace bowling attack, but I think I don't think they have the wicket-taking threat that's going to be required, uh, particularly in the middle overs. I don't think you're winning this World Cup without quality spinners in the middle overs, and I just don't see that Bangladesh have them. Well, always, well, unusually slipping under the radar, of course, they're always fancied, um, Mpoot, South Africa. Um, <laughs> to me, they, I mean, they've had a pretty good run of late. I mean, they put uh, Sri Lanka to the sword for sure. Um, how do you feel about the South African chances this time round? I, I know we're going to bring up the notion of choking. And, um, is this uh, the time, perhaps, when it's less expected that they might do well? Um, it could possibly be. And I think that's what the sentiment in South Africa is, that we're not expected to win. I think getting to a semi-final will be a massive plus for us because if you look at the way the world of ODI cricket has gone, it feels like South Africa is chasing. We, it's like we're stuck back in like 2015 times where we're, where we're struggling to break through 300 um, targets and um, we can only, we have very slow starts at the top. So it's an, it's an interesting one, this World Cup, because I think um, the, the, the notion of all, of all the things that have gone before, I thought was put to bed in that New Zealand semi-final. I think that semi-final in itself was incredible. And um, and and you could see that cricket won the game. wasn't anybody um, not forgetting what they were what they were supposed to do. But looking at our side, I think the biggest plus for us is our bowling attack. And if we can get, we can defend whatever score the batsmen give us. That's anything above 150. I think um, South Africa's bowling attack shouldn't be scoffed at, and that will be our key to this World Cup. Batting wise, it's all dependent on the start that we get at the top with Hashim Amla. Um, I think he's the key to how this team will will, will play. 
Um, and then the, the the middle order as well has a few surprises in Rassi van der Dissen, Aidan Markham, if he can come in. Um, JP Dermini and David Miller seem to be um, have a lot of question marks around them of late as to whether they can play. But it's all going to come down to whether our bowlers can dig us out of the holes that um, may seem prevalent in our batting. I do think we could possibly make the semi-final though. Uh, but what about, you know, you've got someone like Quinton de Kock up top and he had a really good uh, IPL again this year, uh, changing mm. sides. Um, do you not think that he will give you that impetus at the top? Um, he could, but the way the South Africans, the way the, the, you need to set a target, I think, in this World Cup is pretty much both of your batsmen trying to um, push the run rate uh, very quickly. And they did that against the West Indies and against Sri Lanka. So um, I'm, I'm more I'm more happy about that. But the question is, when you face a, a, a very good, the big, the big three bowling attacks, will you be able to keep pushing that pace? that seven and over and consistently throughout the 50 overs um, because South Africa tends to have Amla sit mm. as a fulcrum um, and he'll get like a hundred at a, at a hundred strike rate. Mm. Um, whereas you need someone to get a, probably at 120. Um, and normally the, the, the target that I think South Africa will average around is probably that 300 and close to 320 mark. But I think it might not be enough at times. Um, going into this World Cup, especially with what we've seen with England um, and India as well, and how Australia have the, the firepower they do in the top four. I mean, well, we'll come on to England uh, in a second and how much they've scared uh, the world with their ability to rack up big totals. But mm -hmm. I, South Africa, to me, have the South Africa and India have the best sort of main four bowlers in terms of bowling attack going around. Yes, I mean, Stain, Rabada, and Gidi and Tahir is a match for any team in the world on any conditions. I look mm. at, I'm a little bit baffled by some of the discourse around Hashim Amla, the fact that some people were thinking it's a surprise that he's made the squad. I mean, he's he's been incredibly successful for so long, the fastest from every thousand run milestone from 2,000 to 7,000 in ODIs could mm. become, well, probably will become the fastest to 8,000 if he has even a decent uh, run. And he's always had that ability to score quickly without people realizing it. Um, I, do, you, do you sense that the the Hashim Amla out of form narrative is kind of is one that is not supported by the facts. Um, yes. And I think that was the, or, there was always the problem with in, in South Africa in terms of um, the fact that Hash wasn't necessarily scoring runs, but he has a body of work that rivals anyone in world cricket. And um, what he's shown in the last, in the two warm-up games is that he's getting it back. He, I think when Hash's mind is clear, he bats his best. And I think he's had a couple of personal problems around throughout the Pakistan and India's, uh, the Sri Lanka series that kind of have dampened all the run scoring. But you can see that he's got it. Um, and, and the plan that South Africa have always had is that Hashim Amla sits um, and he tries to bat out the 50 overs, which is which is fair and fine. It, then, it just puts a lot more pressure on the rest of the batting order, which hasn't been firing as well. And that's why the the emphasis was on on Hash, uh, because even when Rasi van der made his debut against um, Pakistan, we scored a 300 total, um, close to 300. But the problem was that we we nearly lost the game because of the fact that um, Hash and, and, and Rasi, Rasi was getting to his first um, ODI century, but Hash was also batting at 100, at just under 100 strike rate. And we needed someone to push on and and and, and take it a, a step further. But both batsmen were indecisive, unsure. And that added a whole lot of um, questions around Hash's form. But I'm really happy with the way he's batting right now. He seems to love English pitches, which is what we've always known. So I think he's always, there's no question now at all as to who starts on Thursday. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? He's going to be back at the scene of his uh, glorious Test uh, 300, isn't he, on uh, Thursday. Um, I'm wondering, Ankit, if uh, what your view from India is of someone like Hashim Amla. I seem to remember a couple of years ago, or it may be longer now, uh, when he was playing in the IPL, there seemed to be a lot of criticism at, about him at the top of the order. And then he, he went and got, a, what, two or three hundreds in a row, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what I feel is 50 overs cricket, uh, even if you are uh, looking at scoring 350 or 400s, you would need one batsman who plays too. Uh, Hashim Amla can be that batsman for South Africa, given the other guys come in and start knocking from the go. You have Decock at the top and then you have uh, Duplessis and others to follow. 
that that is where uh, what becomes important if hashim amla can bat through and get 100 120 and the others can just come around and start knocking uh, it will become a very good batting lineup in that kind of a scenario but again like he pointed out uh, if the others also need time lower down the order that is that is when it becomes a problem Okay, let's move on to New Zealand because New Zealand are always people's outsiders. They never quite seem to make it beaten in the final, of course, last time. And and I suppose you kind of knew that was going to happen, really, didn't you? Once um once Stark had bowled uh, McCollum so early. Um, what are your feelings, Jim, on the New Zealand approach this time? Well, first of all, we don't have Brendan McCollum at the top, so. You know, was he a poison chalice in that final? Um, I was lining up for beers at the MCG, and uh, <laughs> I didn't actually see him get out. I just oh, had this no. enormous roar, and you know, Aussies, you know, giving it to me because I was wearing, you know, black caps uniform. Um, and that we were just stuffed from then on. Um, would that sort of thing happen again with this team? Uh, probably not. Kane's a little bit more conservative, particularly around uh, field placings, and um, Yeah, and and the way he bats reflects on the rest of the team because he's so often he's called steady the ship in New Zealand because that that's what he has to do so often. Um, we have unreliable openers, we have a shaky um, lower middle order um, that comes off sort of one in five games. Um, what wins it for us? Trent Bolt uh, on his day. Uh, Tim Southey on his day, big asterisk so next to him. Martin Guptill on his day. Uh, Martin Guptill on his day. Um, he has been out injured for a little while, so he's sort of. Um, well, yeah, he's starting to look better. He's he's coming back into things now. Um, Ross Taylor's been phenomenal over the last couple Ro- of years. Ross has been really good ever since he had the captaincy whisked away from him. Um, he's really improved. I'd, I'd like to see him bring out the slog sweep again. Though. He put it away a few years ago. And it hasn't been cited since. Well, I might have been cited once last season. Well, he's had that. He had a gr- surgery to remove a growth from his eye, and since then he's second only to Virat Kohli. He's averaging about eighty in the last couple of years, and a decent striker. And as you say, that that sort of pickup slog sweep, which kind of became his trademark for a while. Uh, but as he's become a sort of senior statesman, I really like the balance of this New Zealand team, and I've I've had them as a lock for that third semi-final slot. Basically, since the squad was announced and a little bit before, they just they're very very settled, and everyone knows their role in that team, and they and players can come in and out of that side without seeming to uh, to affect the quality of the team. Does that mean then that that, um, that New Zealand's chances are seen more optimistically outside New Zealand? Uh, perhaps you, you sound slightly um, cautious or cynical. Perhaps even is is the word that, uh, about the team. Well, we've never really won anything ever, ever. So, is I, this not going to be the time? Perhaps. Uh, I mean, the conditions are similar, mm. um, which there's something in our favour. But I just, I just feel on the big stage, we we don't freeze I, because we punch above our weight anyway. I mean, there's only about twelve cricketers in New Zealand anyway, so um, there is there <laughs> it's isn't very a lot harsh of, on Tom Blundell. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there isn't a lot to choose from. Um, so this is the best of the best, you know. And we've got. You know, a co- pretty cohesive unit. Uh, Mike Hesson, he was given a bit of um, stick when he first became the coach, but he moulded a pretty good, pretty good side. Um, they're a little bit clicky, um, which, when a new player has to come in due to injury and stuff, things fall away a little bit. Um, but if they can keep that solid core, and as you said, everyone knows their role. Um, I can't see why they can get to the semi-final, but I'm I'm not as optimistic as you. I've just been, I've been a fan of this New Zealand team kind of since they've been since it became Kane's team rather than Brendan McCullum's team and Gary Stead has taken over from Mike Cashin and done done good work. I also like the fact that they've got two genuine wicket-taking spinners in Ishsodi and Mitchell Santner, which is something they didn't have last time. Yeah, I mean Mitchell Santner's um, yeah he ties up an end is good. He's um, he doesn't take a lot of wickets. In fact, he's I don't think he's even taken four wickets in first-class cricket, which is. Uh, Quite interesting, or it's more of a reflection of the state of New Zealand pitches. Um, he doesn't get a chance to bowl very often. Is probably more what it is. So he's in that Vittori mould. I mean, Vittori never took a truckload of wickets either. No, that's right. To be honest, but it was his, you know, his control, the way he was able to drag back his length, you know, flighting the ball, just guile. Got a lot of stumpings, and Santner seems to be doing the same. He gets, he gets guys out of their crease, and then he'll get a fraction of turn, and you know he'll get them, but mostly relying on on. Uh, you know, flight and things like that to um, get the guys out of their crease thinking, I'm going to smack this over the fence and then 
Oh, whoops, one turned. Well, let's, let's just talk about the, um, the three other sides that we haven't mentioned, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Sri Lanka. Now, I know Knackle is, is very down on Sri Lanka at the moment. They, they do seem to be losing everything. There seem to be all sorts of problems in the camp. Um, Ankit, what, what do you hear coming out of, out of uh, Sri Lanka? I mean, it, they've, they've got a man at the, at the helm who basically had only played 17 ODIs, didn't play an ODI right. between 2015, the 2015 World Cup and, and the warm-ups for this. Um, can, can Sri Lankan fans, especially what's gone on domestically there, of course, uh, the, 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 with, the, with the terrorist attacks, I mean, is, is there any hope that you can give to uh, Sri Lankan fans? Uh, Sri Lanka is actually a very tricky team right now. Uh, I, If I was a Sri Lankan fan or a part of that team, I would first aim to win one match in the tournament <laughs> and then progress. To be very, very honest, that mm. is, uh, on, on their day, Afghanistan should beat Sri Lanka in this competition. They are a far better side. Agreed. Uh, the first objective should be to win the match. Just yet, just this morning, I read there was some discussion between Mahila Jayavadane and uh, Angelo Matthews. He said Matthews did not take up responsibility as the captain and all sorts of things. Uh, they have changed captain every other series or every series for that mm. matter. Mm. Uh, players are not sure about what sort of role they have to play in the team. It is just a bunch of 11 guys who are put together <laughs> somehow and they just go out there and do what they can do. Well, I, it was interesting. I think I probably read the same article as you, you were referring to where Mahila yeah. Jaya Wardner was saying that um, he'd been approached by Sri Lankan cricket, but he didn't feel yeah. that he could he could really um, advise them at the moment, the, the way thing, exactly. things were going. It's just, it's a terrible situation. I, and I also understand that, that, that he and maybe Sangakar and one or two others drew up um, a new setup for the yeah. domestic uh, the domestic side uh, of things, but that's uh, kind of I been think rejected. A couple of years ago, I ha- happened to ask Kumar Kumar Sangakara on this whether they have a robust domestic structure where which could feed cricketers, mm. and he was pretty confident they have the sort of uh, domestic structure there which could give them really good cricketers. I am not sure how that has worked out, but uh, one thing is for sure. Apart from other nations, uh, Sri Lanka has the political system which controls their cricket board. Mm. Uh, So that is where politics plays a huge role. So the sports minister of the country has a huge say on everything. Uh, Say for that matter, in India, you have the BCCI, which is an autonomous body. Mm. And nobody apart from the BCCI and the selectors would have a say on who plays, who doesn't play. Uh, This is is a problem there and uh, they need to address it. Even with uh, Lasit Malinga, the scene was there where he... I don't really understand that language, but he posted something on their WhatsApp group which suggested he might quit after the World Cup, the way he's been treated and other things. Yeah, it's, it's a worrying. I mean, can anyone, um, Umpo, can you see anything but the, mm-hmm. the position of whipping boys for Sri Lanka? Yes, I gave them the wooden spoon um, in our little prediction with Gorilla's essay last week. And partly because of the fact that I felt that their strength wasn't necessarily going to push them through. Um, I, the only strength that I could talk about for Sri Lanka was uh, Angela Matthews and Tassara Pereira in that lower middle order because they have the ability to turn a game at any point in time. But they need to be backed up by a bowling attack. And from watching them in South Africa, outside of that test series that was incredible for them with a new 11, mm. which is so typical of, of Sri Lankan cricket right now, um, they only have one out-and-out spin option in Jeffrey van der Sey. Jeevan Mendes is more of an all-rounder option. I would have thought they would have brought in one other mystery spinner to try and see if they can't uh, turn the tables on teams. Well, Akilah, because I feel as though... Akilah Dan and yes. Jaya is missing from the squad, isn't he? I mean, amongst other yes, sort of yes. big yeah. names. Mm. Yeah. And Chandamal, they, though, we are all expecting him to be a part of the squad and maybe... Uh, again, uh, I actually wanted to bring the point up on what sort of pitches will we have. Mm. Uh, because for the couple of warm-up matches that India have played, they've had like a grass on the wicket and England the other day played on a really good batting track. Uh, yeah, there was... Other a... pitches, like... I Even saw the that warm-up matches. Uh, are they feeling a little bit sore out there in India about that? That the the the, the maybe yes, that they've been yes. given the wrong pitches to play on in the warm-ups. Yes, yes. Uh, because uh, what what is the general sentiment is that uh, they should have ideally played on a wicket where the batsmen got good practice. Uh, here they've got out cheaply in the first game at least. They got out cheaply and India are not really sure on the number four yet. Because uh, there's KL Rahul, there is uh, Vijay Shankar. Vijay Shankar didn't play the last game here. KL Rahul played a really good knock today. So possibly he should start in the first match. Uh, we're recording this on the day of the second warm-up matches, just two days before the tournament opener. I pay no attention to the warm-up matches, really. It's, it's, mm. 
unless someone gets a gets an injury or someone's coming back from injury and and has proven oh, that their fitness on that injury point i just i just got to know dale stain has been ruled out of the first game against england oh has he didn't that's that's uh, yes. hot off the press that is didn't hear that uh, well yeah what do, what do we make of that uh, knuckle uh, Dale Stain was never going to play every game in the World Cup. It is right. a shame. Um, selfishly, I mean, I love watching Dale Stain bowl. He's a thrilling sight in, in full cry. So I guess that opens up uh, opportunities for uh, Dwayne Pretorius, um, perhaps to 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 come in, or possibly uh, Chris Morris, the other uh, bowling around. But still, Rabada and Gideon and Tahir is a force to be to be reckoned with. As far as the pitches go, I think the overhead conditions are probably more of an indication of. Uh, of why some of the warm-up games have gone the way they've gone and mm. might actually be um, more worth looking at than the, than the pitches, which I think will, in general, be good, true batting pitches, as they have been in England in ODIs uh, for, the last, for the last few years. Uh, wrist spin is going to be crucial uh, in, if you're going to take wickets in the middle overs, um, but I really wouldn't pay too much attention uh, to the, to the warm-up matches. Uh, just on uh, the point that you and Kitha were making about political interference, I mean, Afghanistan have not been immune from that themselves. The uh, the, the board chairman yes. sacked the rest of the board and then uh, changed the captain, much to the protestations of several senior players, including uh, the new captain himself, Gulbadin, who has said that he still considers Asghar Afghan the uh, the on-field captain of, of Afghanistan. Right. Uh, I think I think you're right. Afghanistan are a considerably superior team to to Sri Lanka. They have uh, a bowling attack which, unlike in 2015, uh, is very well balanced. It's not just gigantic fast bowlers running in from the balcony, from the balcony, from almost, you know, from the balcony. Shapurzada and practically <laughs> running from the next <laughs> round, let, well, alone, that would be an let alone this one. Uh, but they've got three world-class spinners. Rashid Khan in the middle overs. One of them already has a record that puts, sets him aside as uh, one of the greatest white ball cricketers of all time. Mohamed Nubby, useful with bat and ball. Mujib at the top of the order. Um, South Africa, for example, have never played an ODI against Afghanistan. Some yep. of these guys will. Some of these guys could be caught cold. I think Afghanistan are a very good chance to beat Sri Lanka, potentially Bangladesh as well, the West Indies, and don't be surprised if they knock over one of South Africa or Australia, mm. who have been historically poor against spin. Ooh. I can see Afghanistan in that middle pack. I don't think they'll make the semis, but I think they'll win three or four games mm. in this World Cup. Well, I go. and I really love the. I love Mohammad Shahzad and Hazrat Tuller at the top of the order. Mm. Nako, yes. Um, from our side, I think for me that was the that was the match that I was I was I was afraid for the most because I've watched Rashid Khan come play in our T20 league late last year. He spent two weeks and he just racked up a whole lot of wickets. And South Africans really don't know how to pick him, and so that's going to be a very interesting one, especially with the middle overs. You can't necessarily expose your middle over middle order South Africa to Rashid Khan and possibly Mohammad Nabi because it could get dangerous. Yeah, and they've got they've got pace back up as well. Hamid Hassan's back from mm. injury, Dolat Zadran's back from injury. Aftabalan was very impressive in the Asia Cup. Uh, Af Afghanistan, went, as a general, were very impressive in the Asia Cup. We remember that amazing innings by Mohammed Shazad, and then those three last over finishes. Uh, and they've got um, adaptability in the middle order as well. Um, I like the look of the uh, Af Afghanistan team. I'm a little a bit lot. worried. I'm a little bit worried about the pace attack. I mean, Dolat Zadran has uh, we know he suffered um, miserably against Australia in the uh, 2015 World Cup. Uh, one of what was, it, was maybe the third uh, worst um, figures in a World Cup. Yeah, Australia made 417. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he went for a lot. He went he went uh, for 16 yesterday in his only over against England. Whether you want to read anything into that or not um, is another question. Uh, this question of the captaincy. I mean, okay, it's a different format, but we've watched a little bit of Askar. Afghan during the Ireland and Afghanistan test matches and we felt that he let Ireland a little bit off the off the leash there and and maybe that's what's been seen as a weakness that said in the qualifiers he he, he came in and inspired that Afghanistan team didn't he yeah, it came rising from his sickbed after having his appendix removed yes he has been a conservative captain and he has he always uses Rashid Khan a little bit too late Rashid Khan came on in the power play um has come on in the power play more often recently on the uh, as, uh, as, um which I think is good. I think Rashid Khan being a little bit more flexible with him. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they've changed their tactics from what seemed to be a very set way of playing, is that Mujib will bowl in the, in the power play, Rashid Khan and Nabi will come in, in the middle overs. Um, look out also for Hashmatullah Shahidi uh, in, the, in the middle overs, always capable of uh, dragging 
uh, Afghanistan out of a hole. Well, that brings us uh, brings us to Pakistan, of course, who were beaten by Afghanistan in one of those uh, warm-up games. And I thought at the time, well, that's got to give them an, an amazing boost. What do we make of this Pakistan team, um, Ankit? Uh, what are your feelings that they've... Uh, and they put in some good shows against England in this recent one-day series, certainly with the yeah. bat. Um, but what what are you expecting? What are, what are, what are people... Um, in uh, Southeast Asia, thinking uh, we might get from Pakistan with this uh, this series. Pakistan again, like most teams in this tournament, have a very top-heavy batting lineup. They uh, rely on the top order and Babar Azam, the likes of them, to get them the runs. Uh, again, they don't necessarily have a fast bowling unit that can get wickets on a very good batting track. They will go for runs. The other day against Afghanistan, Wahab Riyaz did come in and was reverse swinging the ball. But that is, uh, he was not nowhere in the picture, like at least a couple of weeks ago when they were discussing the squad. Now is a part. Uh, so again, Pakistan gives you uncertainty with that name. You don't know what to expect of them. But on a day when there is pressure, say against in a big game against the likes of India, they can either crumble so bad that it doesn't look uh, a good sight or they can produce a performance like they did in the Champions Trophy final. So, you never really know with Pakistan, but in general, I would expect them to lose at least one of those matches they should have won. I mean, you could. that's been the sort of the talk about Pakistan for as long as I've been watching cricket. Like, I think you actually do get a much greater sense of what to expect from Pakistan. Um, you're right, they've got a, they have a top three of... Uh, Fakhar Imam and, and Babar Azam. Babar Azam is a, is a wonderful player to watch and uh, so, so classy. One of these guys who could be on 35 before you realise. Um, they're the, the, the fastest three to 1,000 uh, one-day international runs. Imam's 150 against England was a, beauty, a thing of real beauty. Um, I think Asif Ali um, has had some... Uh, is a is a weapon with the as a as a power hitter. It's a horrible personal circumstances with his uh, with his young daughter dying of, uh, mm, okay. uh, of yeah. cancer. Horrific, but uh, is um, um, but huge credit to him for carrying on the way he has. Uh, yeah, they've got so many bowlers out of form. Mohammad Amir is horribly out of form. Imad Vazim's horribly out of form. Uh, Mohammad Hasnain's very new to the side. Very exciting. Very raw. Shahin Shah Afridi, I think a lot of responsibility is going to fall yes. on him. Wahab is fun. Wahab is going to be a lot of fun. He's always spectacular. Whether he falls apart completely or starts reversing the ball at 90 miles an hour or hits Shane Watson on the head repeatedly and then has an easy catch dropped. Um, it's always going to be fun to watch him. Shadab Khan, a huge amount of responsibility falls on his shoulders taking wickets in the middle overs. But I see this Pakistan team as in the chasing pack for that fourth semi-final slot along with South Africa, along with Australia. Uh well, but I I can I see Pakistan falling just short of that. Well, that's that, that's the, the 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 word I don't really want to say out loud um, is Australia, um, Jim. <laughs> they're just coming good. They're just coming good at the right time, aren't they? They've got the they've got their main man main men back in Steve Smith and David Warner. I don't think they're going to be bothered by being booed every time they go out to bat. They're going to actually love it, um, uh, Jim. Can anyone stop Australia? That's my question. I think England can. Can they? I think so. Even after losing to them in the uh, warm-ups, you, d- you discount uh, that. But we've, yeah, we've already discounted. We discount- those, oh, are we, we discounting those? I don't know. Yes. Um, oh. well, the very least they've done is they've got <laughs> Smith into great form. They're obviously a much better side with those two in it, um, and that was always going to happen. They had the core there, and they had some ups and downs. But you could see that you know you take your two best players out of any team, and that's going to happen. Um, the same as you know the top class uh, Zampa with the balls doing really well. Uh, for what I've seen, and, and Stoinis, the Greek male model, is sort of uh, <laughs> is um, you know he's starting to show his hand in international cricket. It took him a little while, but he's um, definitely got some skills there. Um, looking on the other side of the coin, as I said, England um, they've had a solid, you know, settled team for a long time now, um, and they're sort of the premier team in terms of how to play fifty over cricket. I think. Um, the big scores they rack up, you know, some of it's probably to do with the grounds they're playing at, but at the same time, um, you know, they've got a formula and that formula works well. Um, it, it'll just come down to on the day, I think, but um, who, whoever's got the most tickets in the ground, more Australians in the ground than Englishmen. I wonder what you think, Ankit, because um, we were covering that series, the India-Australia series, and I think India went, did they go 2-0 up at one point? That's right. And Australia yes, came yes. back, and, and that, of course, was with, with, without Smith and Warner. Um, right. is, is it some, Australia, are they a name that, you, that you're fearing in India as well? 
Yes, uh, I would expect Australia to do better than they are expected. Uh, mm. Maybe even a semi-final spot wouldn't surprise me. They are a much superior team with David Warner and Steve Smith there. Warner gives you that punch at the start and then Smith, he's always so good. He's always been. Uh, even against a team like India that would like uh, bring in the spinners, he's still really good and he can bat through. He can still maintain that run rate and is a very dangerous player. Then you have the likes of uh, Stoinis again, who's been evolving really well. He also gives you overs. There's Glenn Maxwell. Uh, the bowling unit looks good to me. Uh, I, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't make semi-finals. Um, I think they're going to go further than that. Umpo, what's, what's your feeling about Australia? I think Australia are going to be the losing finalist at this World Cup. Um, I don't like going down that far. I think India will beat them. Um, my, my issue with them is that they know how to win tournaments. Mm. And so... It's, it's an easy thing for them. And you can see the way they've played the warm-up matches. It, it, it looks scary. Um, and, 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 but the, the thing that might derail Australia is um, fitting all the summary parts inside because everyone is on form. The only person who isn't on form in that top order is Aaron Finch, but we know how dangerous he is. And fitting in Marsh, Kawaja, Finch, um, uh, Stoyness, um, was it uh, Steve Smith, all into this hodgepodge of, of, of the top six is going to be, with Maxwell as well, is going to be very, very interesting to watch because I think that might make or break them. The combinations they choose could be the result, could be the difference between winning and losing at the top of that order. I trust their bowling. Their bowling's always been great. It's not It's not going to be an issue. I just think it's the it's the it's might go down to who they pick on the day who might be on form or off form and i'm afraid they might not be able to drop aaron finch well i'm going to come to you and ask you very shortly who you think um is going to actually as an individual is going to make the headlines in this tournament uh, but one thing i just want to see if we united upon uh, we're producing a limited edition t-shirt which is in in a sense um Slightly annoyed about the fact that this World Cup has been restricted to 10 teams. Uh, we feel quite strongly that there should be more involvement for um, associates or those that are on the, are on the brink of uh, perhaps even getting towards test status. Um, I'm wondering if I can come to you individually. Ankit, do, do, is there a, a feeling in India that this, um, this tournament sh should have been wider? Yes. Uh, in general, if there are more teams playing world, uh, a tournament like the World Cup, they get more exposure and people know about it. Uh, as far as I understand, Indians are very happy watching any cr game of cricket. So, no matter what team plays, they'll be very happy to watch. And as far as uh, World Cup sort of a scenario is considered, if only 10 teams are playing, then we are not really talking about a World Cup. You mm. just have the top nations here and there who are playing this tournament. I would have definitely loved it to have more teams. Even if it, uh, even Scotland or the, on their day, we know what they can do. Mm. So those teams coming in would have made this tournament much better. Yeah, we know how how close that um, that qualifying tournament ended up being in Zimbabwe. That was it was incredible. Mm. Uh, that was brutal. Apple. Yeah, it was. Uh, in fact, two test playing nations, Ireland and Zimbabwe, haven't qualified for this World Cup, which is such a shame. Well, I thought it was really sad about Zimbabwe because it, it seemed to uh, that tournament really did seem to um, gather interest again uh, in that country, yes. and and that's obviously what we want. We want stronger teams involved and we want them to develop yeah and the the world cup um that the teams who who missed out in that as i say brutal world cup qualifier where everyone beat everyone and you can kind of spin that a couple of ways where everyone beat everyone for a lot of those cricketers that was the end of the road not making that final peter Barron, the was the uh, netherlands captain had to retire from cricket um just teams see their their plans and their funding slash there's you can come up with a couple of different formats for 16 teams for this World Cup that work really well and have competitive teams all the way through. World cricket has been is deeper now in terms of quality than it's ever been. And yet the World Cup has contracted to 10 teams and yet the tournament is longer. Um, the Yeah, I, I, I'm fully, fully on board that bandwagon. Um, any thoughts on that, um, Jim? I think it's a massive step backwards. Personally, um, particularly in the days of well, in these days where you know inclusiveness is the is buzz is the buzzword, um, to not include teams that sure they're not going to win it, um, but you know in the case of Ireland, which has been given test status, um, they have limited um, resources and and you know players that can play at that level, um, so that's obviously going to come into it. But the World Cup's a World Cup, you know, it's mm. not just uh, I hate to say it, it's not just 
India and South Africa and Australia and England's cup. Yeah, I mean, the wild irony of Uncut's comments is that the whole reason this World Cup is 10 teams in a round robin is to guarantee nine TV matches for India. Yeah, there is that, I suppose, that yes. which, which, which is a shame. Um, anyway, let's move on. Let's just um, let's have a little uh, whip round and see um, who we think are going to be the outstanding individuals in this tournament. Uh, Ankit, who, who, who are the men that you're looking uh, to see uh, come good? Oh, actually, for, I wanted to bring up the bowling part. So, uh, my general feeling is uh, this tournament, we've been talking about the runs, but that the team that has the best bowling lineup or on that day produce the better bowling show should win. So, I'm really looking forward to guys like, say, Jasprit Bumrah from India, Kagis or Rabada. And all these guys put up those performances. That is when it becomes interesting. So, for me, a player of the tournament should be a bowler. What about Joffre Archer? You would have seen a, quite a bit of him yes. out in the IPL. Um, your feelings about him? Uh, he is a good bowler, but then he travelled. Like he on a day, the batsman really found it easy to hit him through because of his pace. So on a very good batting track, if if he like they start to hit him, the likes if against India, you consider the likes of Rohit Sharma and all. Once they start to get the feel of it, it becomes really difficult for him to make a comeback. So I am not really sure about Joffre Archer yet. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll watch that with interest. Uh, Knackle, who do you fancy? This is the World Cup of the wrist spinner. Okay, it's going to be almost every every good team now has at least one, if not two, good wrist spinners. Uh, you are not going to win this World Cup without being able to take wickets in the middle overs, and with the pitches the way they're going, with the way that teams are setting up, the way that you're going to do that is is with quality wrist spin. So Rashid Khan, Adil Rashid, who is now a world class. Bowler, the leading wicket taker in ODI since the last World Cup. Kuldeep Yadav, Yuzvender Chahal. Really interesting to see how Adam Zampa goes. Imran Tahir, there are Irsodi, there are quality wrist spinners all over this tournament, which is why I think that Bangladesh are going to struggle, why the West Indies are going to struggle, why I think Sri Lanka were mad to leave out Akila Dhananjaya. Um, and so, but if I, the, the this World Cup will be one man. The Universe Joss, Joss Butler. Uh, Universe Joss, what about what about you, Jim? Uh, who's the man that you're looking forward to watching most? You're going to be going to quite a few of the games, are you not? The ones involving New Zealand. The New Zealand. I've got, uh, got to go to the tropical climbs of Cardiff wow. uh, on Saturday. Yeah. So I'm looking Big forward jumper. to that. Yep, yep. And we might even get a win, uh, given the opposition. So we'll see what happens. Um, for me, yeah, I think um, Rispin... We'll, we'll, we'll come into it. Um, depending on the weather, I think a lot's going to depend on the weather, actually, in terms of um, seam and stuff like that. Um, from my point of view, obviously Trent Bolt will probably be right up there in, in the wickets. Uh, I wouldn't rule out Mitchell Santner either, um, in terms of maybe not in, on the on the wicket tally, you know, um, being high up there, but certainly um, being parsimonious and, you know, in terms of economy rate and um, and really dragging games back, you know. He bowls at that boring time of the game, sort of in the middle of it. Um, but that's his job, to be boring. Um, and that's that's how you win games. Absolutely. He's, he's, we watched a little bit of him in the IPL. He didn't play very many games for CSK, but he turned the ball more than I've ever seen him. He bowled one of the best IPL spells I've ever seen. Oh, so to be honest, CSK were playing most of the, the games that they played at home were really, really good turning tracks. They were square turners. A lot of batsmen had no clue where the ball would go. So that that has to take a lot of credit for the way that it turned for Sandler. He's got to be taking confidence from that, though. 100%. And he can bat a little bit as well, can't he, as, as we've seen. Yes. Uh, Umpu, oh, uh, who, who are the men that you are looking most for, uh, forward most to seeing or, or you know, perhaps coming good, the surprise uh, element, maybe? Um, who, who are the people catching your eye? Uh, I think from a South African perspective, it's Ngidi, Rabada, Pesluwayo. I think that axis, that bowling axis, and or the, the the hitting that Pesluwayo gives at the bottom of the um, at the bottom of the uh, at the, the low middle order would be very interesting to see. Um, for from a South African perspective, I'm very excited by them. I'm excited to see Joffre. I think the world doesn't know how to handle him yet, um, so that's going to be an interesting one for England. Um, Anyone in your top in England's top order is is a pleasure to watch when they get going, um, and then for for the other side, I think for me, as Knuckles says, it's a risk spinners World Cup. So how you handle Rashid Khan, Imran Tahir, um, Cool Deep, and 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 Chahal uh, would be is is going to be very important to whoever wins this World Cup, and so those are the those are the little storylines that I'm and I'm putting I'm putting forward, and obviously that entire West Indies side because on their day. 
they could be inter- incredible. Uh, they could indeed. I, I'm, I'm look, look, certainly looking forward to see how um, Shai Hope uh, continues to develop. Uh, but for me, I have to say, Mohamed Shazad, how is he going to go in a long tournament? Um, is he going to have the stamina? That's one of the questions we should be asking. I want to see Mohamed Shazad. I think he can get at least 100 in this tournament. Uh, he's the man, because he looks most like me, um, he's got a belly, a little bit of a belly. I think that it, this could be the World Cup for the unfittest-looking cricketer. Mohamed Shazad is a hell of a lot fitter than he looks. Uh, the guy knows. Uh, he's a He's been playing a very, very long time as an opening bat and a wicketkeeper, usually in, the, in extreme heat. The guy knows how to keep himself fit. Um, Mohamed Shazad and Hazrat Tullah at the top of the order, if that's how Afghanistan go, and I really hope they do, two seriously powerful cricketers. Uh, Hazrat Tullah can hit the ball. Uh, he can make any boundary in the world. He, he can make the MCG look tiny. Uh, Seriously, watch for him. Um, a little bit tricky if, if teams learn out, learn to not bowl straight at him, but yeah, watch those two at the top of the order. I'm going to be going to a couple of Afghanistan games and commentating on a few more here on Golo Cricket, and I'm really excited to see how those two go. Uh, just incidentally on the wrist spin point, that's why I think Australia won't win this World Cup, playing wrist spin and bowling spin. Ricky Ponting made that point the other day, and I think he's ag- absolutely right. Um, people are getting very worried about Australia because they're a tournament team and all that stuff. You know, they want, they knew how to win tournaments when they had Ricky Ponting uh, and Adam Gilchrist and they had Mitchell Stark bowling like a demon. Uh, let's see how Mitchell Stark goes in, in these conditions. Uh, well, it's not just Mitchell Stark, it's Patrick Cummins. Sure, who I'm also Pat, looking forward Pat to Cummins see. has massively improved here in the last five years, a hell of a bowler. But I think Australia are in that hunt for the full semi-final slot. I wouldn't go much more than that. Okay, let's go around. Uh, let's go around the room or around the world, in fact, and uh, just give me one word answer here on uh, who you think finally is going to uh, triumph in this tournament. First to Ankit. Uh, is is there anyone else but India? Uh, I would say India. Okay, uh, Jim. Blighty. Blighty. He's going for Blighty. Going for England. Uh, Umpo. India. India. Knuckle. England. And I'm going for Australia, despite those words of warning from um, uh, Knackle. Anyway, it's been a great pleasure to have everyone on today. We've had uh, Ankit from Crick Tracker. Thanks very much for joining us, Ankit. Thank you, Nigel. Thank it you. was a pleasure talking to you guys. It's been great fun. Uh, thank you very much, Umpo, all the way down there in Johannesburg. Or, as uh, well, down to us anyway. Um, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be great time. We're going to be guerrilla cricket. South Africa and guerrilla cricket are going to be broadcasting the England South Africa opening game at the same time. It's, you, you've got a choice of channels on guerrilla. What more could you want? <laughs> yes, what more could you want? But thank you very much, guys. Uh, it was such a great time to chat to you guys and. All the best to your teams at the World Cup. Yeah, well, we're, we're really looking forward to it. Thank also, thanks also to Jim and uh, to Knuckle. Just a couple of things I need to say. Um, we've got a listener experience here at Gorilla Cricket. Uh, you can come in and you can indulge in wonderful beers made by Manny, one of our commentators. Hasn't been on uh, so often of late. Um, please um, have a look at our website and take advantage of that. We'd love to have your company. You might get to do, well, you will get to do a bit of commentary as well. You can see behind the scenes. You can see who dislikes who and who loves who. And, uh, of course, we just re- remind you that uh, anything that goes on in the green room has to remain in the green room. We should also um, ask you to look out um, for our wonderful sponsors, Betway, uh, for this tournament. Uh, we're going to have some sp- special gorilla bets for you to uh, take. If you uh, come to our website, go through us and then uh, sign up with Betway, um, we will be very happy because that means more money for us. But uh, you will be very happy because you'll be uh, doing something good for us. And um, you'll feel wonderful about yourself. So please uh, keep an eye out on our website. Lots of new things going on the website telling you what's happening over the next, what is it, 46 days, something like that, uh, the final up until the the 14th of July. Uh, Well, we may be talking to you um, again, Ankit Mpo, before the um, end of this tournament, hopefully, as uh, as the games progress. But uh, thank you to everyone who's joined us um, here today. Thank you. Looking forward to talking to you guys again. Thank you. Revolutionary Revolution. commentary. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.